welcome to the Rodeo Adventure Labs podcast. This is your host, Nick, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen. And today we're going to be talking to J. Peter Berry, or J.P., uh, who just is fresh off the Tour Divide after winning it in stunning fashion. Yes, nail-biting fashion. <laughs> you got more and more tense for me. I got so tense. I wasn't tense early on. Uh, and then, it, man, then all of a sudden I'm, a, I'm an endurance athlete just tracking the dot. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have known Jay at Rodeo. I have, uh, since was, am I getting this right, Jay? Like maybe kind of like October, November, 2019. That's a, no, no, 2018. Yeah. That would we'll be 2018 be, before Silk Road. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be going into two years this summer. Okay. Uh, and the first thing we did was have a, multi-hour phone call and he said he was going to Kyrgyzstan and uh I was like hey if you want to take a donkey I will send you one um I didn't even we you know we're such a low stock company I was like we have one in 56 and the pain is bad uh but this is all I have and if if you want to ride it we will get it to you and it would be our honor to see you beat this bike to a pulp um because even just that one race would be so much more difficult than anything we've ever done on it. So you took it. <laughs> you took it and yeah, yeah you I was podiumed on that thing uh, on was that four, 43 millimeter tires uh, at that race, and uh, and then yep. you've been right. You rode that for a long time, riding it kind of ever since till you sent it back to us, and you've done uh, Atlas Mountain Race, and you did Arkansas High Country. Uh, and you did, um, Morocco, AMR, Atlas mountain race, uh, and unbound XL. Um, and then finally you, we brings us to today, uh, or last week, last couple of weeks, you, we finally got a flannel in your size and got that to you. And you said, I think I want to do a tour divide on it, which was not a request from me because I wasn't sure, like, wow, um, is that the right bike? Because I don't know. Um, it's not the traditional bike, I think, that a lot of people think about that race for. Um, and um, But, yeah, so I don't know. You got that bike how long ago? What did I, when did I come and pick that up? Around Christmas or something? Yeah, came down, yeah we did a ride, a little Tabletop Tuesday uh, excursion here from the office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and and we were all talking about COVID, like we don't even know what's going to happen right now or in this entire year. And you just kept saying, I think I might want to go back to tour divide. I'm just making all this up for this year as I go, but it's going to be about bikepacking and ultra stuff. Um, that's kind of really all I heard for a while. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was an interesting year. You know, I had a vision. I, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to go back to tour to the tour and um you know i, I kind of have a history there with uh i started doing it in 2007 and i was on this uh path of doing it every other year and so i kept that going for six well i kept that going for 12 years doing it six times okay. every other year so that's how many times you've done it and uh yeah well this was my okay. seventh year but i haven't done it in four years so i haven't done it in the every other year, two years ago. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to go back. Um, 
I have such a, a, a love slash hate relationship with the route. Um, it's really uh, affected my life in a big way. It's, it's really the first bikepacking event I've ever done. Um, it taught me, it, it let me discover a passion in my life, like truly something I really enjoy and love, which is bikepacking. Um, and, and I've always been uh, a racer. I've always been involved with events. I've been racing bunts since I've been 23. So for over 25 years, I've been consistently racing bikes. And, and that's more because I like the community aspect of it. I like the people, the organizations, and just all that goes along with being a part of an event. Um, so I do keep that going. I, I don't do nearly as many tours as I do uh, races and events. Um, do you go back? Do you go when back I wa- to, to like race, or do you, you know? Do you go back to experience it again, or both? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like both. You know, I, I've done a lot of events multiple times, and the tour in general, like. You know, it was like a funny thing because I went there first just thinking like, oh, wow, what an opportunity. This is going to be the only time I'll be able to do this. This is crazy. Uh, you know, wow. And so I did it once thinking that was going to be it. And then I just got so hooked. But then I got hooked on time and record and, you know, ego comes in and you're like just trying to like break record or something. And like, you know, the second time I did it, I did it on the tandem with my wife because I wanted to share that journey with her. And that was an amazing different experience in itself. But like the third time I went back, I went back on an ITT because like I wanted to break the record. And so that was solely focused on just like breaking a time. And then the same thing with like the fifth time or the fourth time I went back was I wanted to break the record. And so I did another ITT and I I was successful in doing that stuff. And and what that made me do is uh, it, it, it made me look at my processes differently. Um... Uh, my equipment choices, my strategies, all the other stuff that it takes to do something like this and perform in an event like this. It's not just about a, a, a physical challenge. Um, and, and that's the stuff I really liked. I'm a tinker, you know, I mean, I, I help develop a lot of things within bikepacking, whether it's a, a product or even just a strategy or an approach to it. Um, and I've always done it different. Uh, that, that was something I've always done it twice no matter how successful i've been in any event the second time i go back it's going to be different i'm going to bring a different bike different kit different approach and so you know at at this point you know going back this time and with the vision i had like i said earlier it was like well you know the advancement of bikes right now is so incredibly awesome and sure mountain bike was the standard for doing such an event and um and then kind of monster cross stepped in and now we have this category that we call gravel bikes. But like, um, I even have a hard time saying that because like, you know, modern gravel bikes are not far off from a mountain bike, um, in a certain way, but. So you wanted to you but wanted a, to you wanted to put a yeah whole so I wanted type of I wanted to like use the flammable is what it came down to because I knew what it would fit you know I mean I stuffed a two point one tire in there so are you going to tell me a seven hundred a twenty nine or two point one in the flammable so is that a gravel bike or is that a mountain bike Yeah, and it was interesting. (laughs) Okay, it has a a narrow bottom bracket, which I love. I'm a super sensitive person at this point in my 
life and career after after peddling so many revolutions like i like a narrow bottom bracket so um that's what that's going to give me um and then i also with today's advancement and you know and um drive trains like i was the guy early on that was making uh subcompact drive trains and wide range drive trains smashing things together having things made and the industry was telling me i was crazy and i was an individual and now fast forward 10 years later and look where we're at and uh i am super like after now that i'm finished with this year's divide like i am stoked on my drivetrain and my setup and the bike i took um i could have used maybe slightly different setup on the front end uh I was a little bit more racier than I wanted to be, but that would have been just an adjustment of handlebar uh, height and stem length. Um, but other than that, like tire size was amazing, um, you know, and drivetrain and narrow bottom bracket. I mean, and the geometry is just fine. So like, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was a great choice, I think. Um, so, and we'll see where it goes down the road. I think we'll see more people using that. And I know people have tried using gravel bikes in the past with not a lot of success. And people say that it's not a good choice. And um, I just think it comes down to kind of the tire size and the rider you are and your goals as well. And um, and so I, I, you know, that all. I'm kind of curious, like if we're at hopefully not the pinnacle of bikes, but they've advanced significantly right over the last pen, 10 years. Um, you know, and so you're coming into tour divide and, and you're maybe better set up than you've ever been, right? Like what, like, what was your mindset going into this? Like, what were you looking, I mean, if the, for your seventh attempt, like what was that goal? What was that vision, you know, beyond like just pushing a really capable bike across a really demanding Oh, course? like for me, I love to be out there. So, um, you know, for me, it's an excuse to go ride my bike for a couple of weeks and experience the trail. And I know I have, I'll always come back with some takeaways that are positive. I'm always going to learn something about myself. I'm going to become a, a, a better, uh, I'm going to become better at my craft when I'm finished with that event. And, and that's what I'm looking for is kind of more of this, uh, personal growth out there. Um, and, and I like to engage with the people while I'm out there. And that's kind of really what I was after. And, you know, I was the one that kind of spearheaded this year. And, uh, you know, not to make this too confusing or confuse the audience, but like, you know, Tour Divide actually starts from Banff. Um, and we couldn't do that this year. And so I was the one that spearheaded, well, let's just kind of do this thing from the border. And let's call it the, the Great Divide Classic and do the original route. Uh, the original the, main. Uh, is this the original route? Like, yeah, we did. We did the the main Adventure Cycling Association route, and through the years, you know, Tour Divide itself has implemented different changes. And there's small pieces of single track. There's like, like slight small alternatives, and then there's even a couple of like uh, bigger alternatives that are involved with Tour Divide. And like, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I just wanted to do ACA. Adventure Cycling Association's main route. And the reason behind it was because I think I, I wanted to pay homage to ACA. What they have done with that route has had such a big impact on the cycling industry, people, businesses, everything, uh, which is it's kind of mind boggling when you start to think about the impact that it's had. And, and not just the, 
the race impact, but like touring cyclists. Like I, I've never seen so many touring cyclists out there this year. And then, you know, and then just to like recognize what the pioneers did, you know, with John Stampstead, just like, yeah, I'm going to go and time trial this thing. And like, you know, that's how it all started. And no, I, one, was I, thinking, I think, uh, no one no one was thinking think about I, how, how fast could you crush this route? You know, like before he was doing that, before he took a swing, it was just uh, say this like, so when he did it, Stam said, it, was he yep. the first to kind of say, I'm going to take a competitive swing at like, I want to lay down a time on this that that sort of sets a precedent before that there was no race. Was it more of a touring route? Yeah, it was just, it was only developed, it was just released uh, like a year or two earlier from ACA. And then, you know, John just was uh, certainly an OG at the time and uh, a guy with a different approach. And he was like, yeah, I want to go and ride that thing as fast as I can. And then from there, of course, it just snowballed. But, um, and, and I think the history is important to recognize. And then on top of it all, I was like, I think this is also really cool because there's no record to be had, right? Like, when it comes to the competitive side to it, like everyone's all caught up within this record or this time or chasing this ghost dot that kind of represents the, the previous, the fastest time or whatnot. And like, I, I, I kind of just wanted to remove that piece of it. And maybe that's a little more personal because like I, I chased that record for several years and that, that I thought that was important to me at that time. And that's like, not really what's important to me. So like, uh, you know, in a year where we have opportunity because of the pandemic and COVID, like, let's just do something different and like celebrate in a different way. And like, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was really neat. Like I didn't have, I wasn't worried about a time or anything like that. And, uh, that's interesting. Cause yes, yeah, it sounded like in, when you first mentioned that you wanted to do it this year, just for something to do, I didn't get a race vibe out of it. You, I, I didn't even know if you wanted to start, when the the official start was it just seemed like you wanted to go ride the route again um and 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 then you know you you i guess you you i don't know when the date is agreed upon and everyone agrees we're all going to go start and you know who runs that um but you it sounded like you were kind of on a personal journey so then this thing starts and i i don't even know watching the dot like is Jay trying to be the fastest person to the other border or is he out on, you know, a personal quest just to get away yeah, from it all? And then of course it quickly becomes clear that there are a few riders that are breaking away and riding it faster than everybody else. And then I thought, wait, is a race forming? And then as it progressed and I, it just seemed like, I don't even know what's going on, but clearly there's now two people who are going the fastest and they're going back and forth with each other. And like, what was going on out there? Did you start with a certain mindset and hold it to the finish? Or did you get sort of like, wait, we have a competition here and I'm going to, I'm going to compete now because I'm in a competition. Like, how did that go from, you know, did it evolve or was it that all that way from the beginning? No. No. So like, you know, I, like I said earlier, like I've done the thing of chasing the time and by myself, which is, you know, that, that's a hard thing to do just to kind of go and race a clock by yourself. And, uh, I don't know if I would ever do that again. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to go with the group start and that's a set date every year. It's the second Friday of June. So we didn't need to do anything special there. And then like, and, and just by style, like I like to go fast or try to go fast. I like to try to do the best I can 
as fast as I can. I like to challenge myself and um, I like to be involved with competition. And so, yeah, once, once the gun went off, like, yeah, it was, it's time to go. And like, I'm still riding my own race. I'm not like letting somebody else affect my decisions or riding, but um, yeah, I'm going to go as fast as I can. Um, it's because I, that's what I like to do. Did, did um, you feel like you ended up, you know, pushing each other? Um, I, do you even look at the other dot while you're out there? I remember I didn't let myself do that when I went to Morocco. I was too scared. Yeah. So at the beginning, I, I, I kind of, I did, I made an announcement saying I wasn't going to look at the dot, but the reality was I, because in the past I've, I've, I kind of got caught up in looking at the dot while racing and like, that was such a distraction and actually it's a drag and it actually wasn't fun. It kind of would ruin my event in a certain way because I was just like looking at that, worried about that. And so this year I didn't do it to that level. I mean, when I, after like several days, when I like got into town, I would might look at it, but I wasn't addicted to it. Like it wasn't like I'd look at it when I went to bed or look at it when I got up. Like I didn't want it to have the effect on my decision making. So it was like really relaxing to kind of do it that way. And, um, and then at the same time, once I seen there was like, you know, once I seen, you know, for a couple of days there, there was a couple of us that were kind of hanging around. Then a few more days later, it was basically just uh, Brendan and I. And he was keeping me honest and it was awesome. I, I, I thank him for that. Solid dude. Awesome rider. He was there for with his own uh, goals. You know, he didn't complete the route several years ago. So he was hungry. You know, he trained for several years. I could tell he was very organized, uh, very focused had spreadsheets, you know, total opposite of me in a certain way. Um, and I appreciated that because I was that guy too, you know, at one time, you know, he's 15 years younger than me or something. I don't know. Um, but it, it was awesome. And I loved the competition part of it. And ha we didn't get to spend a lot of time on the trail together, but we were swapping leads. And, and that's just the nature of like his patterns are different than mine. I bet you we rode similar speeds for most of the ride, but just the nature of I stopped longer. I was stopping, sitting down, eating cheeseburgers and at the lodge. Cause I would hear it, you know, I mean, Brendan like led the race for the first week and I was totally fine with that. And like every time I got to like a lodge or something and, and granted, I know a lot of these people. So very friendly with them. And they'd be like, Hey man, that guy was in and out of here. He was like walking out with like food in his mouth and never stopped. And I'd be like, yeah, well, I'm going to stop. Can you make me a hamburger or something? Mm. And so I would lose time that way, but I would make it up in other ways. Maybe I'd sleep less or um, maybe I would push it on certain sections differently. And, and like, you know, I go to bed early, he would go to bed later. And so, you know, just by nature of patterns, things would change. And that's, that's why you'd see those swaps. And then, you know, as, as you get deeper into the ride, like, so yeah, now I'm like, okay, yeah, we're racing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to win. Did um, you want to win at the, the start? What's Did that? you want to win at the start or, you know, versus, no, versus just like, you wanted whatever. to, you wanted to be happy. But, but after you put, after you put in so much time, 
you're just like, okay, now we're racing and it's fun. Like it's fun to race. And so, okay, well, who's going to take it, you know? And, um, and I know the route very, very well. (laughs) I have an advantage immediately, big time, not just because I know everyone on the route, um, but just knowing the route, knowing where you can push, where to sleep, where, you know, all this different stuff. And so I felt very comfortable in my space. Um, but it was like, I was just being very patient and just wondering uh, when he would make a mistake or when he would oversleep or just something like that because he was very consistent and strong. So like, it wasn't going to be like, you know, the physically fit person is going to take it. Like that just wasn't going to happen. It's going to be a strategic tactical thing. And I knew I could do that as long as the, uh, the lead wasn't too big. Call it, I was like comfortable with 30 miles. Like I knew I'd be able to close that in the last two days. Um, and I, and I know the last two days very well. And like, it's very, very hard. And like, it all really fell out perfectly, actually, like tactically and strategically for me, like it couldn't have went any better. And what I predicted days before is exactly what happened. Did you, Um, did you just start, you know, sleeping less or, you know, as you as you start to see the end coming into focus, do you start to do the well, you know, do the calculations the, like that? That was my last sleep. It's just a uh, yeah. It was actually a couple of things. You know, honestly, I had I had a really hard time with my body the first week plus. Um, it was definitely like it wasn't into doing what I was doing to it. My body was definitely giving me the finger. I was like. I was fighting some stuff. Like I was very, very achy. My muscles were like, just like they hurt. And like, I've never felt like that before. And it like, and then I had like a, a a knee that was like bothering me for a few days and I was milking that and I couldn't like stand up properly. And I like to stand up and use my weight and bear down. But then I had these hot spots all over my feet that were like, just like, you know, somebody stabbing, putting glass in my feet and the bottom of my shoes. And like, so I had some things I was just dealing with that was preventing me from riding at the top of my level. And so, and it literally took over a week and more like 10 days for that stuff to like start to like go away. And like, honestly, it was like on my birthday, it was only a couple of days before the finish. I just felt amazing. And like everything was gone. And all of a sudden I was just like, oh yeah, I'm back to normal now. And like, then when I seen Brendan, like I was like, it was clear to me that like, I'm pulling away every time now. Like, this is like, you know, it's clear that I'm a, I'm stronger today anyway, but I'm also know myself very well. I have a lot of experience. I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine till the end of the race now. And so, like, I just knew at that point, like, okay, Jay, like, start riding like Jay, putting pressure on the pedals, uh, skip out on a little bit of sleep, and you should be able to, like, widen this out. And, like, that's, it it all really happened as I thought it would, um, which is really rare. (laughs) Um, But it felt really good because uh, when you play, you know, it's more like playing chess. And that's kind of what I was doing. And uh, that made it a lot of fun. Um, And, you know, and there was a day there where, 
You know, I, I definitely like, I'm not there to beat people. It's not like I show up and be like, I want to beat you. You know, like, you know, the, the trail is there to challenge me. And I want that challenge. Um, that was one of my questions was, after, was just, are you even racing someone else? It, you, or are you just racing yourself in the trail? Yeah, I'm racing myself, the trail, the weather. You know, I'm, I'm implementing strategies, sleep things. Like, that's fun. It's a game. It's just, it's a reality game, though. And it's real. And so, you know, the, you know, we were swapping leads. And whenever we were together, like, just such a great guy. Like, I enjoyed the small talk conversations we had. You know, I'd share a few things with them about what's coming up. And just like a good dude like i could tell that we would get along and we'd be good riding partners and we could probably sit around the table and slam some beers just have a good time together like i would i don't know if we're friends now but i would say we are and like i know we could be Hmm. um so but after like swapping leads like that back and forth and knowing what we're both going through like the, the you become you become emotional um you become fragile uh a bit brittle and you start to maybe lose a little bit more focus on what original, maybe your original intent was or something. And, and so like, I, I, I kind of had like, we, we actually spent on my birthday, we had a meal together and it was in pie town. We got to share some pie together. We cheered our coffee cups, happy birthday. It was awesome. You know? And like, and in that moment, like I was thinking to myself, you know, now there's, I know there's only two days left and I'm like, man, if we're still like neck and neck and silver, silver city, maybe I just like kind of say, Hey, do you want to ride? You want to finish together? And I don't want to make those decisions too early. Like I've been in this situation before and I have finished big events together. Uh, but it was a different situation. Every situation is a little different. And I knew not to make, I knew not to mention that while I was in Pie town. I just thought it was too early. This is not over. There's still a game to be played. And we both put in a lot of time. And so that whole next day, I compliment, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that while I was riding from Pie Town to, the, uh, to Silver. But at the same time, I'm feeling great. I'm crushing pedals. <laughs> I'm pushing limits. I decided to only sleep two hours that night. And then, uh, and I actually, I talked to my wife about it. I texted my wife. I said, Trace, uh, I just sent her a quick text when I'm sitting in Pie Town. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about like asking Brendan if he just wants to like finish together. It's been kind of a crazy ride. And uh, she was like, give it some time. I respect anything, everything, whatever decisions you make. She's just like, you put in your, you both put in a lot of work. Uh, a year prior, you both put in a lot of work during the race. She's like, you just think about it and you just see what happens. And, uh, and that's kind of what I did. And the, um, when I woke up the next day, all I see is a text from Tracy. And it's like, well, you don't need to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And my phone didn't work a lot. Um, and so I just assumed like, and I know what I did that day as far as like how fast I was moving and the, and the, and the, the sleep I skipped out on. And, and I had a feeling that like, if I didn't put a gap on them now, I never will. But I had a feeling I did something. Mm. 
And when I seen the text from Tracy saying, well, you don't have to think about that anymore. I was just like, huh, I guess maybe I opened things up. And I had no idea what that meant. And I didn't find out until like somebody on the trail or something. Someone was like, oh, man, you look pretty good now. It looks like maybe 30 miles or something. And then at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to wait around and sober at this point. Like, I'm going to keep doing what I do. And ultimately, I'm glad that, that that's how it all happened, honestly, you know, because I, I think you should stick to what you're doing. And, you know, um, as they say, anything can happen. Um, it's not over till it's over. And those are things I repeat to myself. Um, and yeah, so it, it was awesome. Do you think, I mean, I, I had a really fun journey out there. Do you think that, you know, winning this right now at this point in time has any additional significance to you given, you know, the last, Two years have well, were very unpleasant two years ago, uh, and I think are, have been better and better for you as time goes on. But is it good to just kind of put your flag in the ground and say, look, I'm, I'm, really I'm 49, too. and I, holy moly, I just won the Tour Divide, and, um, you know, compared to where I was and where I am now. I mean, like, I, that would be something that I would imagine would go through my mind if, you know, I never walked a mile yeah, in your shoes, but, like what's that feel like? Yeah, honestly, it, it kind of, it, it makes me emotional. Um, yeah. it's like, it has been a tough couple of years, uh, whatever, but I'm not one to ever give up on anything. Um, I'm super proud to have completed every bike packing race I've ever done. I've never quit an event. I'm talking to, you know, this is a lot of events, a lot of bikepacking races. And, you know, finishing this year the way I did, uh, it it feels really good. Um, it does kind of put a little, you know, put that stake in the ground a bit deeper. Um, it, it, it helps me represent who I am um, and continuing no matter what's in my way. It, it just, uh, it lets me to continue you know, it gives me confidence and, uh, lets me kind of hold my chin higher and just stand my ground just to like, this is who I am and this is what I've done. And I'm going to continue to do that no matter what's in my way. And, uh, it, it, it has a lot of just personal meaning to me. So, uh, uh, I'm glad it went down the way it did. And, and honestly, like it's super cool to share a finish, but, at the same time, I'm pretty darn psyched to do that finish on my own. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think, you know, I was thinking it through. I, I, no one knew what you and Brandon were thinking the whole time, but there was a moment where it seemed like you couldn't shake each other, and I thought, there's no way they're not going to finish together. And then I thought, that, uh, that's actually really cool as well. And then I, and, and I just kept thinking through, like, yeah, but would you also want to win? Uh, or would you just want to, <laughs> like, and, I don't think there's any, you know, it's up to each individual. It's really up to you two as the and, racers. In it. And, you know, I, yeah, and I hate the word win. And yeah, such a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Because, you know, I was, I was the first one to make it to the border. Yeah, that could, I guess you're considered the winner. But, like, gosh, freaking Brendan's a winner, too. Yeah. I think <laughs> we're just so compelled to reduce everything to best bike, best person, fastest racer, 
record FKT win, 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 win. Like that's this narrative. That's just like this drum that gets beat, uh, culturally bike industry wise, et cetera. And you know, it, it could be a completely personal achievement, uh, and that you just happen to be quicker, uh, with the decisions that you made. Um, yeah. So yeah, I maybe win is a bad word. I feel the same way. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the level of success you had, but, uh, like just watching our bike finish first, uh, doesn't, doesn't even make me want to say we rah, 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 we have the best bike, which is of course not true. We don't have the best bike. We just, all I felt was, Hey, it's capable. I'm so glad this bike is capable and it, it was capable to be ridden by you without holding you back or letting you down. And that would, you know, we'll update the website, right? Like when we, when we secure some photos and whatnot, we'll say, Hey, this bike, you know, won the tour divide, but more importantly, it's just capable. And someone answered the question, uh, can it be done? So I don't want to be better than all of the other bikes in the race. Uh, and probably for most people, I'm going to just wager that isn't even the best bike for them in the race. Most, a lot of those people out there need to be on their dual suspension, flat bar, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, a million cutthroats out there. Those are the right bikes for, for most people. But for, for me, it's just satisfying to say this thing kept up with you and we can just be proud of that without having to be better than anybody else. Um, there are different types of satisfaction that are more meaningful than winning. Um, but it wouldn't be as meaningful if it, you know, honestly, like, because maybe I'm a little bit basic, it wouldn't be as meaningful if it was, if it was, you know, 12 places back and it was like, well, our bike didn't fall apart on the tour divide. So, you know, you know, and when you're a small brand and you're just want to be taken seriously or you want people to respect what you've put out, um, then, it has to be validated uh, through, you know, races or events or big achievements. And it's, there's, without a doubt, the biggest achievement a Flanimal has ever been involved in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's yeah, awesome. that just makes, that's, makes everyone it here was, smile. It was great. Like, <laughs> you know, I know, people, I know people think, like, you know, I, I hear it all. I hear it quite a bit, uh, the term underbiking. Jay's underbiking again. And, and like, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say uh, I didn't underbike kyrgyzstan before um i certainly have both years i've done that but like this year using the setup the way i had the flanimal set up for this year's divide i personally do not think i was underbiking and i would be the first to admit when i am underbiking because i wouldn't suggest it to other people and we but at the yeah. same time like huh. if you if you're a capable experienced bike packer who rides gravel and does some adventure like the flannel is going to treat you just fine and choose your tires wisely you know that's all like um and i like those little attributes like i said earlier about the narrow bottom bracket and the you know the way i had the handlebars set up was was that was amazing i i just you know that's why i do this stuff because i'm just such a tinkerer you know Um, we do need to make being able to shift of your bike. Yeah. And I'll being able to ship from three different spots on my handlebars, you know, I mean, just all that kind of stuff. And it, it was a fun project for me. Yeah. <laughs> and interestingly enough, we, for, for Kyrgyzstan, which you're going back and in, in the duo, you know, you were taking a hard look at what, what bike do you want to do that on? And you've underbiked it twice. Yes. And, and the conclusion is 
you should probably be doing that race on a mountain bike, um, you know, or at least with the proper clearance and attributes for the course. So, you know, and I, the relationship that you and I have is sort of sponsored athlete, if that's what you want to call it. I don't like that word very much, but, uh, I, I, you know, I tell you like when you were doing Baja, it's like, that's, we don't make a bike that you can do Baja on. You should do it on the right bikes, even if it means it's somebody else's bike. So you did that on a Y cycles, which was a phenomenal bike for that course. And then you said, I want to do Kyrgyzstan. Um, and maybe you don't want to underbike it again. You, you know, you guys, you two are going to go for it. Uh, so you needed a mountain bike and, and we just said, well, we should probably get you one. We've been working on one. It's not done. So we're having completely custom mountain bikes built, uh, by Mars cycles, kind of with our ideas in them, but we're building them for you for that course. So we're not so, uh, drinking the Kool-Aid that we think everybody needs to ride a flanimal or a donkey everywhere in the world. Um, there, there are places that I very much think it's a, the wrong idea, but on this course, I didn't even know the answer. And so many people have tried to buy a trail donkey to do tour divide, not a flanimal, just a trail donkey. And I've told a lot of people, maybe just buy a salsa cutthroat because that seems to be the bike to do that course on. And I can't personally guarantee that I'm not giving you bad advice. I'm not, I don't know if it's capable of it. I don't know if you'll have a good time. So just go with the safe thing. And so now I can at least say, well, look, I know of one person who's done it on a flanimal and he did really well. Um, and you know, he's obviously an experienced, so it at least checks a box of, is it capable? Um, but for other courses it wouldn't be. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch. I don't know. There's always going to be, uh, right and wrong bike discussions out there and people with very strong opinions, but nothing you can't argue with. Well, someone did it. Um, so (laughs) someone did it and it went pretty well. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't take, uh, the donkey, you know, yeah. like I know I've ridden that bike enough. I've yeah. done enough big events on it. I know it's capable of like, you know, there's, there's a difference between riding a carbon bike and riding a steel bike. And there's, there's, there's several reasons, but, uh, yeah, there again, the final was, well, there is someone out there on the donkey doing it, but he's doing it as an experience, not a race. So he's, you know, he's got, oh, cool. he's got 60 B's. He's not even on the track oh, cool. leaders. He's just, it's just yep. a it's like personal a, journey. Like it's like a love letter mm-hmm. to bike packing. Yeah. The photos. Yeah. And he bought a, the real story is he bought a flanimal. They're just so late, totally different topic. And he said, well, the tour divides here and I don't have my bike. And we said, well, we have a donkey we can send you. Uh, w- you know, will that help? And he said, "Sure, I'll take it." Uh, and he's doing it. So, awesome. so it wasn't even the plan, but he's doing it. And yeah. uh, so we'll we'll we got to talk to him at the end. But it'll probably be you know a few yeah, more well, weeks. <laughs> well, to polish that, to polish off the bike conversation, I mean, like there's a folding bike out there right yeah. now. Yeah, okay. She's awesome. I saw the photos at Brush Mountain, awesome. and she rode to the she rode to the start. Oh man, man, it's just the levels of human achievement involved in you know doing something I like love that. it yeah it's so awesome did you I, and I haven't even asked you this but how much space is there left with those tires so you ran mezcal 29 by 2.1 which we've never put on the bike um we you know we had the vague idea that some 2.1s fit fairly well and some are bigger or smaller than advertised blah 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 so it's a little nerdy but like yeah. I haven't seen it I don't even know so like, so to be honest, like, so like I had that bike sitting there and I thought I was going to be running gravel King SK fifties. Yeah. And like, I contemplated, 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 
I've run those 50s kind of in many events already. They, you know, they blow up to be actually a 2.0. I'm, you know, I'm running 27 mil industry nine rims. So they blow up pretty good. But then I, I, I don't know. It was like a couple of weeks before. And I think I even texted you. I was like, Hey, you guys ever stuffed these right. 2.1s in there? And you were like, not those, but we've done a Maxis or something. And I was like, all right, cool. And like, I immediately ordered some and I, I texted you back and I was like, well, they fit. Um, yeah. And then so, you went and did like some sprints. Basically, I never rode the bike. Like I stuffed those tires in there and then it sat because then I was off to go do on bound. But like, so that bike just sat there with those tires on there. I've never ridden them like wow. literally hundred yards down the driveway. And then, uh, and so as far as clearance goes, like, so with a steel bike, like I wasn't worried about mud rub, uh, and where, like I would be, like I, I wouldn't run that kind of clearance on a carbon bike. I'd fear I'd wear through with the mud because I know the reality of mud on the glide yeah. route. Um, I was worried, and I did. I, we came across one section of mud, and clay. It's all clay. So, and literally, it only needs to like drizzle for three to five minutes, mm. and you will start picking that stuff up to the point it will stop you. And that's exactly what happened. We're on our way to Pie Town. We were pretty close together. Um, little little cell comes through. It's windy. It's nothing. Nothing's gonna downpour. But it barely drizzled. And I'm walking, and the mud got caught up in there, and I had to wait and pick it out and push it through. And uh, you know, and Brendan was was able to ride. Because he had the clearance. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a difference there. I mean, some mud, if it's sloppy mud, sloppy mud will go through. Clay is not going to go through. Yeah. Um, I was so, worried. And, even, and honestly, though, I think even with, like, the standard, I believe, uh, I believe industry standard is six millimeter between tire and frame yeah. is kind of like. The safe zone. What the, yeah, is what they want from you. But um, that wouldn't clear it either so like the clay is just an interesting thing so when you compare it to other bikes that purposely are designed to have extra clearance for clay well then of course yeah that's what you get out of that yeah <laughs> um so you know but um it, it didn't bother me like I, I wasn't concerned about it when i mounted them and you know if, if i was concerned about it i wouldn't have run them is what it comes down to um so, I want to get a pair of them and play with them. Uh, I haven't run that tire. They're freaking cool tire. Like, I'm not sponsored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I went and I went and bought them um, because I've just heard good things about them. I'm a guy that needs to test everything, and I don't let I I take people's opinions very lightly. But once I get it, then I do my own opinion. And um, I had zero flats. Uh, there's still tread on them, which. I haven't had with other tires in the past when I finished um, and they're fast rolling and grippy. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'll run in Kyrgyzstan, but it's like, you know, it's Jacob and I will have this discussion and that's certainly a tire that will probably be on the list. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully we can find them. They're, they're, they're becoming scarce. Yeah. I think it was like the most popular tire at the divide this year. Yeah. 
The, someone did someone did the tally. And yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the it was the go-to divide tire. We're not sponsored either. Uh I bought my pair of retail from Spain because we couldn't get them here wholesale. Um I have some yeah. 650B ones, uh, not 700s and uh and the 2.1s are going to be probably, you know, less popular nowadays, especially with mountain bikes, you know, going to the 235 or whatever. So I, I don't know. Yeah. But it, it was fun like for me, it's like there again it was like cool, I got to experience something different again. And uh, uh, that, that's part of life for me and what I do within what I do. So, Nick, I feel like we haven't really let you bombard with enough questions. Do you want to? Do you want to come in swinging? <laughs> some out of left field here. Uh, yeah, let's do something out of left field, just totally um, out there. Uh, so, one of the questions that was asked on on the Instagram kind of Q and A that you were having earlier today or kind of throughout yesterday was, um, you know, did you bring another pair of, you know, bibs? And as someone who's going into a bike packing event later this year, this is a question that I'm extremely interested in just because I figured for a two week event, surely there would be a second pair of bibs. Maybe you kind of let one kind of dry out or, you know, like, I don't know, you know, it's kind of, you know, hearing Steven, you know, go through AMR and, um, just kind of, you know, air drying the chamois every night and, you know, wiping it down with, with uh, hand sanitizer. And I just imagined for two weeks, like, it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> and then boom, mind blown. I saw that answer. Yeah. It's possible. So, I mean, there's definitely like bottom care to be had. Um, Let's do an entire podcast about that. That's the title right there. Bottom <laughs> so, so I only bring one pair of shorts, exactly, for any event I've ever done. And yeah, two weeks is a long time. But so I got to wash them several times. And so I got to shower several times. So if I'm, if I'm able to shower, I just get in the shower with my clothes on. And hop in the shower with my clothes on, and then I start to take it off and wring out each piece. And so in there, I'm, I'm, I wash the chamois. And then, like, you know, you, you roll it up in the towel trick to dry it out. And, you know, obviously, I'm going to be sleeping uh, for a couple hours, and then it's dry or dry enough for the morning. So that's one way to keep it clean um, is just by or doing it in a sink. I've done it in a sink before, not this time. but And then Brush Mountain Lodge, which is just about halfway uh is like that's a place i actually do a load of laundry so place is then an it, oasis. it went it went it went into the actual washer there that was the only time it actually went into the washing machine um so and, and it's been fine the you know they get really bad and actually very dusty dry terrain um if it's raining it's not so bad because it's kind of getting rinsed out but the uh, the dusty dry stuff the 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 dust really gets filled into the fibers and that's when it really starts to kind of like get stiff and weird and feel really grimy and then you know that's when you absolutely need to like rinse it out like the grime um, but I I've never had like bad issues uh, down low um, and the other thing I do is I don't I don't use chamois cream regularly i think that's a that's a tough thing to balance um 
you know, chamois cream generally gets absorbed into the chamois. So, and then that's when things kind of get gnarly down there. Um, so the more chamois cream you use, the worse that's going to be. Because you can't really get that out of there. And you're just grinding it in. Um, so I try to not use it at all. Um, so, that said, there's a new product that's coming out that I'm pretty psyched for. But we'll, we'll keep that on the down low until it comes out. Um, I want some, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably more oh, about yeah. uh, the, the chamois and saddle fit and just avoiding the chamois cream. And rinse. I do. That's always been my way. And like I said, I... I, I don't, uh, I've never had a problem. You know, you have all these people, I hear these people be like, they're, they're like, they think cause you ride a bike, you must use chamois cream. They think it's like, you know, like, Oh, I'm putting on my shorts. Oh, let me put on some chamois cream. And it's like, okay, maybe you're doing some preventative maintenance, but do you really need that? And, um, sometimes it could be worse. Like if you don't need it, don't use it. Yeah. I, you know? I don't use it. Um, the other thing I do is like when I'm standing in the woods, when I take a break and like, I'm someone who takes a lot of breaks, um, just five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, I had to do that a lot and take my shoes off and air out my socks and air out my feet. But like, I do that with my butt too. Like I'm the guy that's in the middle of the woods with my pants down because like, I'm trying to air things out and dry out my shorts in the middle of the day while I'm eating food or doing whatever. Um, so that's another way to kind of keep that maintenance up a little bit. Um, yeah. hmm. Other than that, just just call it seasoned, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then and then saddle fit is important. I mean, you know, yeah, you I mean, hat, hat tip you your problems. Hat tip your uh, physique saddles. Any saddle that can keep you happy that long deserves a, a shout. I feel like we. Yeah, I mean, I use the same saddles on all my bikes, physique, and like it's it's super important, and people just uh, people don't realize it. You know, they, they think they have a good saddle until they're sitting on their bike for a few days. Um, and just because it's good for a few hours, it doesn't mean it's good for a few days. And, and a padded saddle, you actually sink into and you're actually promoting rub because now you're getting, now, now you're, now you have more surface area touching your butt. So, you know, I use a flat saddle, a firm saddle that keeps me perched up on my sit bones and that's all bike fit stuff. And like, I'm a bike fit geek. So I really pay attention to all my touch points and all that very closely, but you know, I mean, I've, I've been pretty successful with what I do. Um, I think so, in that so vein the, of kind of bike fit, which is interesting too, was another question. And this is another one that hits close to home for me was just like, you know, either leading up to an event like this, or maybe just like off the bike care and maintenance of like stretching and um, you know, I think I'm starting to, the years of riding I've done are starting to catch up to me in my hips. And so I've had like super tight hips and then that kind of has led to some back pain. And so for me, it's been like a lot about, um, just off the bike care and, you know, that's translated into, uh, a more enjoyable riding experience. And so I was kind of curious, like, you know, how does that play into it for you versus, you know, just having a super dialed, you know, bike fit. Or maybe you're yeah, like I definitely I, like I said, I pay close attention to my fit. I'm very sensitive to it. I make small adjustments. Um, and like dur- actually during the ride this year, I had a, I made cleat adjustments twice because my feet were in such pain. So I was trying to get rid of some pressure spots. So I adjusted my cleats twice. Um, 
but stretching and stuff, like I don't do it. You know, I've been working with a coach for quite a while now and, uh, very smart, high level coach knows all aspects, not just from the physical side, but you know, health and eating and nutrition, all that stuff. And I've always talked to him about this and like my off season, like going to the gym and stuff like that. And whenever I have this conversation with him, he's like, if you're not going to commit to it, don't do it. He's like, if you just want to stretch like a couple of times, he's like, don't do it. He's like, that's worse for you. He's like, you need to get your body used to, if you're going to stretch, you need to stretch all the time. Because if you're just going to do it once in a while, you're probably going to do something that your body doesn't want it to do. And it's not used to it, which, and so I like those kind of theories. So I'm like, okay, well then I just won't stretch. Cause I'm not going to be consistent anyway. Um, Easy out. <laughs> so like I don't do any stretching um, during the ride or anything, you know, uh, I, I had this question on my Instagram and like, there is something like the, what happens is everyone's going to have something wrong with them physically. We all have different ailments that we deal with and problems. Like I certainly do. I just don't like to talk about them. I just deal with them. But, um, there is one thing that happens and that's my glute and my hamstring. There's that joint in there and that thing gets so bound up and like a huge knot in there. Like I just, I can't sit down anymore. And like, I can only pedal a certain way being really forward. And like, I jam literally that knows that saddle like so far deep into that little crevice there. And I'm like pushing back in my handlebars, like forcing that thing in there. Like in, and you're like in the most, like the most intense massage you can ever have. Like, I'm just like trying to pierce that down into there just to try to make that release. Um, and I was doing that a lot in the last two days of the ride. Uh, cause my glutes were just so tight. Uh, but other than that, you know, you, you just have to figure it out. I came across a guy that, uh, his, his program was every four hours he got off the bike and stretched. I don't know if I, I could like, subscribe okay. to that program. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, but he was like, yep, I take five minutes. It gives me a break every four hours. I do this, this, and this. And I was like, huh, okay. You know, and it's one of those things. If you're consistent with it, then I guess your body wants it or it gets used to it. Hmm. Um, so treat your body very badly so that it's used to being treated very badly. That's, that's my take. Exactly. Garbage in, garbage out. Oh, gosh. Um, somebody, somebody asked me if like. I drank beer and I was like, yeah, I probably had one, maybe two beers a day. And it's because, and I was like, and they were like, wow, that's kind of strange. And I was like, do you think Red Bull's any better for you? Yeah. <laughs> Which you also, you also yeah. had Red Bull with you, right? Where you would yeah. take it. From, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I take that on the road with me. Um, hmm. Yeah. It's, it's gross. The eating the eating sides of things it's it's a job um, so do you 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 i caught that you're eating more real food now than you know gels and sugary things ever. and all that stuff are you <laughs> yeah. are you um bringing extra burgers like in your frame bag or like how do you bring real yeah. food with you yes absolutely like you know when i go to a 
a resupply, whether it's a lodge or a convenience store. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to eat real food, the burger, burritos, whatever. If it's a convenience store, you know, convenience stores are like mini supermarkets anymore. I thought this was odd. Brandon, like after like a week, like he didn't realize like there was microwaves with frozen food in the convenience store. Mm. I was kind of a little blown away by that. I was like, dude, I've been eating burritos the whole entire time. Um, and so I just get that stuff, eat that. And then before I go, I generally will take two to three sandwiches of sorts. Maybe I'll try to order some French fries. I like breakfast sandwiches. So I like, you know, bacon, egg and cheese and stuff like that. So I'll generally do two to three sandwiches, some sort of, uh, some sort of salty. So like chips, you know, potato chips are really good, uh, value for what they are you can uh take the air out of the bag and smash them down so they pack better and then uh just a couple pieces of sugar you know i mean everyone likes a candy bar i mean i was told once if if you're ever uh if you're ever sad just eat a snickers you know um so you definitely want some sugar just for the pick me up and and then i i generally will bring like a, a red bull or a starbucks double shot or just try i try to use the smaller cans stuff instead of like a full can of coke or something um so i just kind of look around and grab a few of those and then uh i usually always have some sort of like trail mixer nuts of sorts and it, it's i think it's, i think between those items that's that's, that's pretty well balanced yeah. um and then i don't have the highs and lows that i used to go through do you get uh, or like, uh, like and, and honestly even the mood swings hmm. that you can have from just like plowing through too much sugar or the headaches that get involved with that. Um, so it's been great. You know, I've learned a lot about food intake personally through my career. And uh, I feel like I'm in a really good spot with it. And I'm very, very comfortable with um, looking at a pile of food and understanding how long it will last me. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared or paranoid about, having too little or even too much. Like I, it's fine to carry a little extra. Like I'm okay with that. Um, and the same thing comes down to liquid. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to carry 200 ounces. You know, my first year doing, that's the difference. My first year doing the divide, I carried 200 ounces and maybe even more at times, every time from a resupply, 200 ounces. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you're looking at what, what's that like 13 pounds of water? So, or something. Yeah. And so, and then, uh, and you know, now this year it was like, and I've used three bottles before this year. I used one 85 ounce bladder and then two water bottles. And generally in one of the water bottles is some sort of like, I like iced tea and lemonade might be a sugary drink or something. Uh, just something that has some flavor to it. Um, is your water just straight that, water or are you mixing, you know, electrolytes or something in there? No, oh, just straight water. Um, and I don't take electrolytes. That's why I'm always into the bag of chips. Um, I'm always making sure I have salt around uh, of sorts. And I never cramped up. And we had some 90-degree days. It wasn't, like, particularly super hot. It wasn't triple digits, I don't think. Um, and I, I'm comfortable in the 90s. It's not so bad. But, um, no, so it's pretty good. And the other thing, too, you got to watch your mouth. My, the top of the roof of my mouth was getting pretty battered up from a lot of the bread and sandwiches. And uh, then I start to like, instead of look, looking at a candy bar or something, I start to look at the soft goods. So like pastries, muffins, 
things of that nature, but they're they're kind of bigger and take up a lot of room. Um, this is making me super hungry. Uh, <laughs> I'm like so hungry. But then I got irrationally angry at like hard bread crust. Like that's just a crime. Like when you get like a baguette that just has that super hard edge. I was like, oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, and cookies are good because you know certain things where you could just like put it in your mouth and take like a swallow of water and where the water just dissolves the food. Like that's the point you're getting to. You're just like. Oh man, it's kind of a job to eat. My mouth kind of hurts, but you know, you have to do it. And that's why I say it's like, well, it's a job, you know, it's like you got to pedal your bike to make it move. Well, you got to put the food in to pedal your bike. Um, so, so, um, here's another nerdy question. Um, the tail fin, uh, you, you used it at Arkansas high country race and you used it for this. You did not use it at, XL because you didn't need that much gear carrying, I'm assuming. Um, but you yep. have some custom stuff going on there. It's not totally off the shelf, but that's kind of a novelty. Everyone's got nope. these frame bags, right, swinging off the back of their seats. That's the the thing, yep. and you're kind of veering left from that and experimenting. So what do you like? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I love the direction that we're going. So um, with that product, um, I've had a pretty big – impact in the kind of the, the the pack side of things and i still have some ideas left here and so when the tail fin thing came out i forget where i seen that it, it definitely caught my eye pretty quickly and then uh and then we started working together last year and then this year we started working together more closely we, we agreed to collaborate on, a, on an idea that i had and it was basically, you know, last year you see me running that tail fin uh, rack with a with a custom made bag that I had made here, and and I liked the concept of it, and so and how I used it. And then I was working with Nick at tail fin. We're talking, and he was interested in kind of developing on the idea more so. And so what you kind of see, what I used in the Tour Divide is is a prototype. Um, and I love the way it works. It actually has an internal frame to it. So that gets mounted to the, to the, to the rack. Uh, but it's, it's the internal frame. So nothing moves at all. And then the way the bag's designed with a double ended, I can reach into both ends. Um, it's got some pretty, pretty unique, configuration on the outside of it with these pockets elastic system that allows me to put a lot of gear on the outside as well for quick access um so it's very organized um user friendly um no sway solid you know and honestly like nick was like he sent me a a custom because I wanted as close as I could to my tire and um, he sent me a, a, a different um, wishbone yoke for the rear end that lowered it. And it was aluminum and he's, he's an engineer. So engineers are always kind of nervous and I love to kind of work with engineers, but um, I Skyped with him just before I left. And I was like, Nick, man, I took the aluminum one off and I put the carbon one on. He's like, Oh dude, really? you know so he's nervous he doesn't want anything to break you know and um and 
you know, honestly, like if you haven't ridden the Tour Divide route, there are some sections like you are mountain biking, you are jamming that rear end around and just like bap, 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 and it is rugged. And uh, nice. I would say is that it got come fine-tuned test for sure. Is that, is that, is, it got tested. Is your pack um, that you worked on with them going to show up uh, on the website, or is it still got some work left? So, yeah, we're, we'll go through a round of revisions probably. And then, as you know, I mean, you're a maker. You know what that process takes. And, you know, so we don't have a timeline to it, but it is going to be something that uh, will be a for sale item down the road. Cool. Yeah, that's where, yeah. That's where to it's, shake uh, the ideas I'm, I'm out. I'm pretty psyched. It's, it's, it's really cool. And it's, yeah, um, it's been fun. And they're, they're a great group of guys and they have some cool stuff going on. So I, I look forward to seeing what comes out uh, down the road more so. Cool. All right. Yeah. And there again, like that's fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> something new, something different. And people are looking at it like, oh, what's this? You know, and it's just like, uh, it's awesome. Well, cool. Um, I know we caught you right in the middle of your drive back home. So final, I don't know, final question for me would just be, how right. do you, yep. oh, how do you come down from a two week solo sort of wilderness experience and then re-enter the real world like what does that look like to to go home and yeah, i don't know it's, even it's, even this phone call television phones social media blah 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 you know like <laughs> just are you excited to be back into the world or do you you know i don't know i guess it's no i am um I, it, it's nice to wrap it up a two-week trip like this is a long time you know i mean you, know, you told me at the end of Morocco that I, you don't like the finish line because that means, you know, it's going to be over and you love being out there so much, yeah, but that was only I, four I days for you. <laughs> you know, so, so this you know, is t- I love what I do. I love these adventures, you know, um, and you know, I'm not looking forward for it to be done. I don't think of the finish line when I start, you know, I, I live in the moment, embrace it all. And so, yeah, it's like, I don't want this to be over, you know, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am looking forward to going home. Um, you know, I do miss my wife. Uh, I have a great house at home. Um, I, I like to do th- other things besides ride my bike. So I am looking forward to kind of just like switching gears, but it is a, it is tough to, uh, just kind of adjust back because, um, and that's why I like to drive home. So I am driving home. So it just kind of gives me a couple of days to decompress, think about things. You know, I have, you know, literally hundreds of messages and just like, kind of, just like kind of go through some of that and actually like, you know, enjoy what I just did. Because like, as soon as you reenter life, like that time is gone. Like, you know, I'll be engaging with my wife and the family and friends and back to work and all that stuff. And then these moments are gone. And I I think it's really important to spend some time like with other people that understand what you've done or with other racers. If you could be around them, that's awesome. Or just a couple of days to yourself. Um, And that's really valuable time. Um, and it's an important time. And, and besides that, like, yeah, you do get into this 
this thing, like, like my patients aren't the same. Like I literally, before I got on the phone, like I walked in to try to go get some pizza and there was like six people in line and I walked out because like, I, I just didn't even want to be around. Like, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just different. Yeah. Um, and I'm generally not like that, but it's just like that stuff kind of wears out. And, uh, when there's, when life is so simple and then you get back to this life that has a lot of complexity and static around you, it just seems different. <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting in a parking lot surrounded by cars and box stores. And just a few days ago, I was in the middle of the desert surrounded by nothing but me and my bike. And I did that for two weeks. Um, it's so it is a it is an adjustment, but I am looking forward to going home. <laughs> Some bittersweet in there. I, yeah, I guess for me, kind of wrap. You know, final question here would be: At what point do you start thinking about the next event? You know, like clearly, right now you're decompressing from uh, my this life. Is go ahead. Yeah, like I'm a. I, I would say I'm pretty unique in the space in general. But I am, I'm, I'm person one thing to the next, right? Like you've seen, like what happened before the event is no different than what's going to happen after. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, Jay, let's go do Unbound XL the week before Tour Divide. So here I am putting a bike together last minute, yet I'm trying to get things together for Tour Divide and blah, blah, blah. And then like, so now I'll go home and like, and that's the other reason this time is really important because like as soon as I go home, like, I'm going to start working with Jacob twice a week, and we're going to be solely focused on Kyrgyzstan. And I'm going to be calling you in a couple of days, and I'm going to be like, hey, Stephen, all my parts are here, my wheels and everything. And all I need to do is, can we get a, uh, can I get that frame bag traced, and when will that frame be here? <laughs> because that's how quick this is going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to be asking you that in days from now. Very soon. And so, <laughs> and that is literally... Like, I mean, you know when that is. I think I leave on August 10th. Yeah. I don't know what today is, but like, you know, what's that? Like six or seven weeks away? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. And it's, <laughs> it's good. And it's not, and it's not a, uh, and it's not a, uh, you know, it's not just a little local trip, right? Like, no. you know, I'm taking a 16-year-old to Kyrgyzstan to go ride some crazy event. So, like, I could put that together last minute, but, like, I have a little bit of responsibility um yeah beyond that and we're going we're going to like yeah we're going to race and stuff so like yeah um so on to the that's next how quick one. that I happens that's what i hear <laughs> yeah i, I think on to the next one you're gonna you're gonna get a couple of days a piece and you're gonna go straight into the next one me like i i finished something much smaller and was like i'm never doing that again uh <laughs> and then it took about 18 months and then i was like wait a minute <laughs> I think I can handle the next one, but it's amazing how different people can be. Cause you're so like energized and onto the next one and not, not, you're not yeah, devastated. And, you're energized. And people always ask me and it's just like, you know, like, you know, this is a hobby turn, you know, but it's uh it's, a, it's a lifestyle living for me. Right. So it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, it's, it's not just a, a once a year thing. So. Yeah. And I've been doing it for years. And so I'm pretty used to it. And I know people are flabbergasted when they kind of look and hear the things that I do. And I'm like, honestly, man, I've been doing this for so long. It's like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Jay, why are you building the bike the night before? I'm like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to second guess. It seems like you got it figured out. 
pretty well. So. <laughs> Always figuring it out. Cool. Well, I don't know. I feel like we need to not take too much of your time, and like this is this is this is the afterglow of your ride, so you, you deserve your your downtime yeah. and your chill. But thanks for yeah. thanks for pulling over and walking out of the pizza place and picking up a phone <laughs> so we can pick your room. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you guys and thank you for everything you do and just love seeing the vibe from Rodeo and what you're doing over there and even our short uh, time together over the past two years. It's been it's been really cool to see and uh, that'll be a yeah personal goal for me. We'll just be we got to go for an, another better longer bike ride. More than more than a tabletop Tuesday. Yeah, more than twenty something miles. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I am gonna also, and I'll talk about that in a couple of days. I'm wondering what this little event is that you're putting on in July. Oh yeah, we're doing a camp out, and it is like not aggro. Well, you can make it aggro, but it's uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's what is sixteen. 17 18 of july we're we're just gonna we we rented a boy scout camp up at the wellington lake and we're gonna we're gonna ride up there from denver if you want to ride uh or you can drive if you want to drive and then we have this camp area that's in the middle of a lot of really fun great riding and we're gonna let people kind of decide like do you want to go out and ride five or ten miles or you want to go out and do 50 or 100 it's up to you but we all know there's a campground cool. and food and well, you got to bring your own food actually. But yeah, it's still it is still like kind of like self-supported in a way. But we're gonna have you know some coffee and some rad beer and some s'mores. I think those are the three amenities we're providing, uh, and just three That's, days of summer. Awesome. Um, like that doesn't have to be miserable because we we aren't doing tour divide miserable stuff, but we tend to do miserable rides. Um, we wanted to do a ride that people could merely have fun. Uh, which is actually what I need right now too. So uh, you are welcome. If you want to come down yeah. and and hang or do some, you know, training block before or after, you are welcome to come. There's still some space and it's a hangout. So yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was contemplating. I'm gonna talk to Jacob actually and yeah. see what's going on. Cool. Or bring your wife and and yeah, just just hang and yeah. uh, it is technically possible to just go swimming in the lake and make a campfire and not, not have a, not have a suffer fest. That's kind of more what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Just to chill. Yeah. It sounds like a good time. It's a good I, time. When I seen the post, I was like, Oh, that sounds like a relaxing thing to exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> and get to know some people and yeah. meet some people and stuff like that. I hope to so. do that. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of messages from people where they say like, do you guys, you know, can do more group rides or how can I get in on what you guys are doing? And we don't usually have a very good answer because it's mostly just a couple of friends riding together. But this one was like, sure. this is exactly the open invite. This is exactly the just just come and hang. So that's awesome. Yeah, sounds like a rodeo thing. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you again, cool. and congratulations again. Savor it. I uh, hope you get like just this whole you know few days or weeks or whatever of just savoring it and and just being content yep. uh, before that wears off and you have to go slay something again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big congrats. <laughs> yeah. All right. Safe travels. Yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. The end of the Rodeo Adventure Labs podcast. We'll be back. This was once again a hiatus. Yes. We have have more podcasts coming. We have an internal uh, Atlas Mountain Race catch-up podcast we're going to record just about what's been going on with all the participants, how everybody's feeling, um, some ups and downs we've had. Uh, which I think are all really fun to talk about. And then I think at the end of the week, we're going to be talking to another podcast. This is three in a week that we're recording. 
uh, with Paper Trail, uh, Gravel Travel, and also Paper Trail Bike Cafe, which uh, are sort of co-run by uh, Mark and Paul uh, in Philly. And they have what is really the only massive flanimal demo fleet in the country. Uh, I think theirs is bigger than ours. And uh, they're building a community and a tour company and, and engaging the, the local, you know, cycling community around them and building something really cool. So we want to hear about, you know, what's going on. And it's so far from Denver. It's really the first kind of satellite, you know, of the community. So that'll be fun to talk about as well. So hopefully we'll get our podcast groove back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've just been too busy riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> too busy slaying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we're catching our breath here. We'll try and increase the cadence. We definitely have some interesting things lined up. So stay tuned. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening.